golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the Clear Channel Castle of Golf, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. What is happening, my friend? What's going on? I see you got the fish wrapper in front of you. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you got something on your mind here that's in the Sentinel this week. Let's just you know, start right off. Let's with just go right to the Rich's rant. Let's go right to the juggler with the uh, Orlando Sentinel, the Slantinel. Yes. The birdcage liner. Come on, these guys are killing me. Front page of the uh, Sentinel today. I don't know if anybody got a chance to see it. Nine-hole option aimed at luring back golfers to the golf course who only have two hours to play golf. Nice idea. Great uh, for the golfers, but I don't know if it's front page material for, uh, uh, you know, our fearless leader, the Orlando Sentinel. You know, uh, nice article. Well, good for the game. Yeah, it's good for the game, trying to get people to come back to the game, and uh, I agree with that. If you only have time for nine, it's two hours, uh, you know, go to your golf course and play nine. I think it's a great idea. And then I go to the sports page, not a word. Not a word is mentioned about golf. You know, and there is a huge golf tournament going on at uh, Memorial uh, Jack Nicholas's Golf Tournament. We're going to Jack's place. Yeah, it's up always in Columbus, a Ohio. Great, great golf tournament every year. And uh, your uh, defending champion is Tiger Woods, and uh, we wouldn't be a golf show if we didn't mention him at least once in our show. That's right. Uh, last year, if people remember, he had that miraculous chip in on number sixteen that uh, had us all saying. He's back. You know, it, it's 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 a great, great golf course. It's always very green. You know, it's so green and plush. And great field. I think, uh, well, 19 of the top 25 will be teeing it up on Thursday. And, of course, Rory's in the field and uh, just, a, just a great lineup. And, hey, our very own Boo Weekly. Hey, that uh, little win on uh, Sunday is going to get him. Win in a is going to get him a nice invitation to the Masters. That's right. You know, and that's always a nice little uh, letter to open. Well, and, uh, you know, Boo seems to love the tartan plaid jacket. Won two at Hilton Head <laughs> and now has won one at Colonial. Uh, Maybe a green good. jacket would mix it up a little bit. What do you think? Can, boy, I don't know. Could we live through a Masters first um, with Bubba and then with Boo? Well, uh, I like it. Who it's, says uh, golf is a boring game? Come they're, on. They're good old boys from uh, the panhandle, let's say. Holly, they're uh, Who still... Who says we don't have a lot of hey, it's still part personalities of our, our in our great sport. state, the panhandle. A lot of great golfers coming out of the panhandle these days. Well, um, you know, Boo's had some injuries and apparently has been um, also fighting some kind of a strange twitch in his eye, which actually he had some problems with on Sunday, but managed to uh, keep his... 
focus it's and like Tourette's is it the... I, I don't know I guess he's <laughs> been seeing some kind of a some kind of a specialist but anyway uh on the eve of his 40th birthday I think that was it's this week so congratulations to Boo uh from our so. favorite he's one of our favorites here he loves uh he loves the stubbly look loves the uh, fried chicken and uh, he's yeah, you a got good the old stubbly boy. look going and That's um, right. I announced uh, earlier on Shots Show, Rich, that you went down in flames again to me last week, out at reunion. Uh, Fess I, up. I'm uh, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna Holly trade G, you. Holly gonna, G presses. Ugh. Uh, depress. Whatever. Right. You're you're left of left over in the junkola, and I don't even know where I'm going because I think it's a split fairway. <laughs> what do I know? I don't have my contacts, and I hit it right <laughs> into a bunch of junk, and I hit career shot. And uh, thanks to your Shoot. decent caddy, uh, give you yardage, give you the uphill, give you the lay of the green. And, um, you know, I, I did everything for you, but read the putt. Nice nine-footer, boom. Yeah, nice. You did Birdie, find the center slam, of the dunk, and uh, hey, and our little after party in the parking lot. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, after party. Yeah, you know what? That's about as much fun as it gets with you around. <laughs> Jesus. That's right. A no, bo- are you kidding? A bottle of no, scotch in a trunk open. <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't expect you to take me to the bar and buy a drink, so I had to I had to take out my own. And I'm just gonna pay you to be quiet. Oh, okay. Leave me alone. Don't beat me up anymore. All right. Well, no more shots. No more strokes for you. You're okay. Done. Well, you know, I want to keep you as my partner for the uh, for the big event at Heathrow after after the U.S. Open. So big we event? got lots to talk about. Big event. Yep. The U.S. Open coming up, and then there's the Monday, June 17th at Heathrow. So we're going to be talking about that. And we've got a very special guest coming up, Frank Thomas, talking about the uh, ruling on the putter. We've got Todd Lewis and a very special guest calling in to tee it up about the U.S. Open coming to Marion. Stay with us. We'll be right back to Golf Insiders. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, your hostess, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Rich, you got a little something in your pocket. You want to give it away. We're going to give away a little golf here at Hunter's Creek. Aren't you the nicest guy? The good people at Hunter's Creek are giving away a little twosome here, and we want you to hang around. And uh, we'll be giving that away here at uh, a little a uh, little later in the show. And the number will be 407-916-8255. We'll be calling that in a little later. And our man, Rich, behind the uh, glass, will be handling that. A little clap for yourself there, Rich. Yeah, you the man. All right. <laughs> Round of golf in Hunter's Creek. we got to love that, Dude. too. All right. So, Rich B., you know, uh, we were out at Reunion last week for the International Network of Golf Conference. And... Um, during the week, of course, the decision came down from the USGA regarding the anchoring of the putter. And I had an opportunity to sit down with Frank Thomas, who was the longtime technical director for the USGA, who now has the putting pad out at Reunion. Frank has uh, taken on the world of putting, designed his own putters, and as well as a course uh, online that you can take, but um, has written many, many of the rules on the equipment of the game. And it was a uh, Special opportunity to sit down with him and get his thoughts on this whole anchoring putting decision. Rolling. He is Frank Thomas, the former 
Technical Director, 26 years for the USGA. Frank, welcome to the Golf Insiders. Thank you very much. So, briefly, give a little bit about your background, having spent quite a long period of time with the USGA and, of course, being considered one of the guys that, uh, I mean, you were the man that wrote many of these equipment rules, correct? Correct. Uh, no, I, I uh, came into the country in 1964, sailed here on a little sailboat, a 25-foot sailboat, and uh, continued on with my education, started working with Shakespeare Sporting Goods and uh, was the chief design engineer. Uh, and designed and developed and in, introduced the graphite golf shot. That was my invention. And then I joined the USGA uh, after having worked on a number of uh, products in, in for Shakespeare goods, sporting goods, and uh, joined the USGA in 1974. And uh, uh, I was technical director and developed a new um, technical department and uh, built a new te te uh, test center and one of the most advanced test teams that, that there are still in the game of golf, and uh, a wonderful team of, of people that are there to, to uh, you know, rule on and monitor the rules of golf. Well, I've been participating this week at the International Network of Golf Conference at Reunion Resort, where you have your uh, putting laboratory here, I guess at the Frog Pond, you call it, <laughs> and we had the pleasure of having you one of our pa on our panels uh, give me uh, your response, take on the announcement Tuesday by the USGA. Where do you stand on this? Well, uh, you know, the anchoring uh, rule I uh, am a little concerned about simply because uh, it's a very complex rule. It's uh, trying to tell people how to hold a club, which is the first time we've ever done that in the history of the game. And uh, as a result, I think it's uh, going to be cumbersome. I think it's going to be difficult to interpret difficult to monitor. However, the USGA feels that they can rely on the integrity of the individual and his intentions to, to uh, get this rule um, um, working effectively. I read that the decision was 40 pages long. Um, I, I didn't think engineers were that verbose. <laughs> well, uh, it is, it is uh, difficult to try and tell somebody how to hold a club because there are a multitude of ways you can do it. And that is one of the problems. We've never done that before. And I think uh, that anchoring, if you look at it from a statistical point of view, it doesn't uh, improve your performance of the best players in the world. It has improved the players of uh, the performance of some of the bad putters. Uh, the long putter is very much more efficient than the belly putter, as an example. However, uh, we have to recognize that the best putters in the world are not anchoring the putters. So I, I question the, the uh, concern or the reason for doing it other than a traditional and customary form of, of playing the game. And so, uh, But that is a decision that the USGA had to make. The USGA, when they announced this a year ago and went through this review process, said that uh, they were going to be listening to their constituency, the average golfer out there, and it seems that it's been very clear that many people have been vocal about the fact that this is not good for the game. So, you know, what do you think about the, the USGA from that perspective? Are they listening? Are they huddled down in their house up there in New Jersey? And um, does this in some way uh, bode for the relevancy of the USGA moving forward in the future of golf? Um, you know, 
Uh, the USGA gets its authority from the consent of the governed, and I think if they don't uh, make sense, the rules don't make any sense, and they start losing their constituents, then they're going to lose their relevancy. Uh, I, I don't think they're there at, at this point, but I think they're sort of moving sometimes in that direction. And uh, we've got to recognize that uh, the game is one that is a self-evaluation process, and, and people do understand that. And, and if the rules don't make sense, they're not going to abide by them. Uh, in this particular case, I think there are a number of people who question this particular issue because a lot of people are uh, able to play golf that weren't able to play the golf before, as, as would have given up the game by now simply because they have a, a long putter and they have the yips, and this, this will help that. But I, I do think it's, a, it's a, a, of some concern uh, to interpret this rule and, 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 and uh, monitor it. And I'm pleased to see the USGA is starting to rely on the honesty and the in- intentions of golfers to monitor it the, for themselves. You are someone that has also invented your own putter and have really taken on the whole aspect of proper teaching of putting in the game of golf. So I'd also like your comment just in terms of, you know, the effectiveness of the long putter and, again, through people that you're working with and teaching, does it, you know, make a big difference? And where, where do you see putting in terms of the, you know, the game where, you, where, you know, more people should spend time in that arena? Right. Uh, 40% of the score, 40 to 45% of your score is on the putting green. We spend about the same amount of time on the putting green uh, for the round of golf. Uh, uh, we don't really uh, understand the, the putting very well. It hasn't been emphasized in, in, the, in the teaching techniques in the game. Uh, we are now teaching teachers how to teach. Uh, seven PGAs have adopted our online course to understand the systematic and, and um, structured approach to, to putting. Um, we do make long putters and belly putters, and, and, and that doesn't mean so. I'm not, I'm not necessarily against them. However, they, they're not the most efficient implements. A, a long putter is a very efficient implement, but you start losing feel. As soon as you start what we call uh, getting rid of six degrees of freedom, or one of two of them, uh, there are six degrees of freedom in putting. Those are the movements that you make up and down, rotations, breaking wrists, and that sort of thing. So if, if we get rid of some of those um, those degrees of freedom, we get rid of the errors associated with them. However, you do start losing feel. The long putter is, is reasonably efficient, and some people have, have um, been able to perfect it as Bernard Langer, as an example. However, the belly putter is one that uh, isn't that efficient. And, but we don't really sh- we shouldn't have to worry about it other than from the aesthetics point of view. What do you think the PGA Tour, how do you think they're going to come down on, on the rule here? Uh, the PGA Tour, Tim Fincham has made a statement that he's going to take it to his board. Uh, they're going to uh, evaluate what they're going to do and, and come out and, and with a statement when after they've done that. That's in about a month. I'm not sure how they're going to come out on it. They've already expressed a concern that they not, don't like the rule. Uh, however, I would not like to see bifurcation of the rules. I don't think we need two sets of rules. And, and uh, a lot of people follow what the PGA Tour do, which would mean it would be against the USGA. So I would like to believe that the um, you know that come together with one set of rules and and I'd like to see the USJ listen to to its constituents a little bit more as well as the the, the other major organizations and 
and and uh, you know uh, modify the rules accordingly. I, I I don't think it's 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 good to have a bifurcation, and this seems to be driving you know a nail between uh, some of the associations or wedge. With all the attention on growing the game, do you feel these rules create a place where we're over policing and you know deterring players from you know the enjoyment of the game? Uh, no, I, I I think that uh, the rules um, lend order to the game, and I think uh, but the rules must make sense to the constituents, and I think that uh, they must. Uh, I I do think that some of the rules are being based. On, on some of the elite players rather than the, con- the, the constituents. But the constituents must uh, abide by the rules if they, uh, the U.S. share has to maintain its, its relevance. Well, since li- leaving the USGA in 2000, you have uh, become very passionate about uh, putting and um, creating a standardization for teaching putting. Tell me more about that. Well, yeah, I have been researching putting because it's one area that, that, that hasn't been focused on at all. Forty to 45 percent of your scores on the putting green, and there isn't any formal education in putting, even for the PGA pros that are out there, these club pros. And so uh, what we have did is, is uh, recognize that how to design a good putter in the first place. I'd seen about 6,000 of them while I was with the USGA, so I knew something about putters. Uh, but at the same time, I now had to go ahead and, and design uh, a putter that I, I believed was going to be in, in you know, help the, the um, average individual and make it more forgiving. But at the same time, you can't have a Ferrari and drive it like a tractor. So we really needed to focus on, on, on that. And the British PGA uh, recognized our, uh, what we had been doing on, in the uh, teaching side and asked us to develop a certified putting instructor course for the, to teach their teachers how to teach. So you now have the putting pad here at the Reunion Resort in Orlando. So many of our listeners, if they're interested in coming out and having the best technology and analysis and um, instruction on putting, how do they find out more about your programs? Well, they, they uh, can look us up on the website and, and book uh, a lesson through that. And it's called www.franklygolf.com, frankly like frankly speaking. And uh, look us up or even just look my name up uh, on Google and you'll get, get to us. Frank Thomas, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with the Golf Insiders. Greatly appreciate it. My pleasure. Rich B., your thoughts? Uh, this guy is well-versed, and he did work for the USGA, and he knows uh, the rules inside and out, you know, and, and where they come down on a decision. Where, you know, you obviously still play lots of competitive golf uh, in the PGA section. Do many of the senior guys use a long putter? Yeah, they do. And uh, they there are a few guys that have uh, them in the bag. And, you know, it's just not those guys. It's the everyday guy. But um, where do we fall? Where does the PGA of America fall? They're, they're, they're going to hold their cards and come back with a decision uh, after they talk to their constituents. And, uh, you know, it's probably a good thing because I wouldn't want to go shooting uh, my gun right off right away because I would like to f- search this, research this out. And, you know, and to be fair to the people that are using it now, I think it's uh, kind of a harsh, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, they've, they've, they've allowed them to use this uh, putter for a long time. And uh, to take it away would be, uh, I think, uh, criminal. Well, Webb Simpson, who... Um Won the U.S. Open with a long putter, 
will be playing again with a long putter, so it'll be interesting to see whether we'll have another major one by uh, someone using using a putter that's going to be illegal. Yeah, there's an, more uh, on this subject we'll for sure. A, with a, with an asterisk next to, to it to uh, be to be continued. We've got a lot more coming up. You're listening to the Golf Insider 7:40. The game. Stay with us. We're going to be talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Uh. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. Yeah, Rich B, you were making pars all right, but uh, you're truly Holly G making the birdies. You know, Holly, uh, every... Made the big clutch birdie on 18. Every dog has his Two day. down press, and oh, wow. I, I know am they basking were in my glory. Taking away your strokes, though. You're gonna be, we're going to be playing even. Well, dude, you still compete. I'm just, you know... Playing the Reds. Coming off the bench <laughs> from a five-month uh, you know, injury. So Playing the Reds. Come on, I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah, you will. So, hey, we've got the Heathrow Open, 740 the game. Presents the Heathrow Open Monday, June 17th at beautiful Heathrow Country Club. Your chance to play this private club for only 55 bucks Includes golf cart, range balls, continental breakfast, lunch, a couple of cold beers. Yeah, you better get there before Rich B. Goodie bag and a post-tourney award ceremony. Don't be left out. Sign up today. This is a blast, a really fun tournament. Call the clubhouse, 407-842-1452. And Rich B's got a couple of uh, rounds of golf from Hunter's Creek which we'll be giving away in the next segment uh, when we check in with Todd Lewis from Memorial. But before we do that, as I mentioned, Rich B., we were at the International Network of Golf Conference last week at Reunion and ran into uh, one of my longtime members of the media, big dog in the Golf Writers Association of America, big dog in Philadelphia, Mike Kern, the golf writer from the Philadelphia Inquirer. On the line to spend some time with us. Hey, Mike. First of all, I'm the short dog. The short dog. Well, I didn't want to go there, but, you know. I went there. Um, And, Rich, you don't have to take that offer. Yeah, she just won't let it go. I mean, she's that you know person you just don't want to lose to because she's just going to beat it to death. Well, but she does that. That's okay. (laughs) She's a girl. Ooh. I I won't go there. (laughs) So, uh, Kernsey, we had a great conference last week. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of great presentations, lots of new products out there. What what impressed you that you got to see during well, our we, demo lab? We came home with, to some crummy weather, so I want to be back in Orlando, but it's going to be 90 up here tomorrow, so uh, maybe we'll be on the same page. Uh, Holly, I thought there was a lot of um, neat stuff. I mean, the, the thing, the guy from the, um, what was it, the Happy Feet thing that you put, and I'm wearing them right now as we're sitting here. Um, I thought that was great, especially for somebody who, who you know, is a diabetic. Um, you know, you can never take good enough care of your feet. Um, I thought he had a really good product. Uh, it made sense to me. Based here in um, Orlando, too. 
Yeah, I mean, and the guy we had, I don't know if it was a product per se, but the person who was talking, um, we had a lot of things on, on how you care for, for cancer, how you, how you try to uh, Skin care, you know, yes. Ward, ward yourself off from the sun, which is something that I think a lot of us really don't. I mean, you live down there. I think you're more aware of it than we are. Um, and up here, I think we tend to take that stuff for granted until you go see a dermatologist and they start taking a couple things off you. And, and trying to warn you that, you know, um, you know, making up for the sins of when you were 25. So I think that was some good things. There's always good equipment. The, the Rocket Balls from TaylorMade are one of the, I think, one of the neatest products out there. Um, but there was certainly other stuff, too. And it, it's just neat. You know, if you're going to see, what did we see, 40, 50 things last week, I guess, when all is said and done. And not all of them are going to be, you know, all-time hits or whatever, but people are trying. But... I always come away from there with about, you know, a fair amount of stuff that really I think is good and deserves a chance, and and you only hope that they get it because um, it's hard. It's a hard business world out there to to kind of make your breakthrough. Well, you've been a writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer for more years than um, I, I will count, but you've been to all the majors, the masters, etc. We've got the memorial coming up. Um, would you consider that maybe uh, the next tournament after the TPC is, uh, you know, in terms of rankings on the PGA Tour with the field they get? Well, it's probably up there. I mean, um, then you have all your world golf championships, too, which in today's world seem to take on more importance. Um, they've kind of, you know, when somebody wins a WCG event, it seems like that's almost not a major but close to it. I know the players has always been considered the fifth major for whatever that's worth. Um, but, yeah, the Memorial, I think, is special, you know, mostly because of Jack and because it's one of the best golf courses anybody plays all year from everything I've heard. I've been out there a couple times. I've seen it. It is it's special. And, yeah, the field they get. Um, you know, and if the fact that it's two weeks before the Open – which, you know, we have in our neck of the woods this year for the first time in three decades. Um, so I think that leads some credence to it, too. It used to be like when the players was a couple of weeks before the Masters. And, you know, you would kind of look at that, and, and whoever won that, if it, if it was a name player coming out of that, you'd say, ooh, okay, well, th- this is somebody now, you know, you go to Augusta, even though I don't think a player's champion has ever won the Masters in the same year. But, um so, yeah, it does put that on. And, and you know you know if you win there. And, and the other thing is if you look at the list of people who've won there, it, it's a pretty good list. I pretty think impressive. That's, it's, that's how you judge your tournaments. I mean, they've, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was Furyk and Woods one year were going at it, and you know, Tiger's usually in the mix somewhere. And, and you know, when, when you win somewhere where Jack Nicklaus is, is handing you the trophy, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. They, the players all seem to feel that tournament and, of course, Bay Hill um, with Arnold. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that it makes sure. it extra special when when they're there to present the trophy and shake their hand. Sure. Well, speaking of the U.S. Open, on um, June 3rd will be 11 sectional qualifiers around the country for approximately half the field of this year's Open. I, I don't think a lot of people realize that um, the U.S. Open really attracts uh, the widest range of players from club pros to collegians to former PGA Tour winners. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's going to be played at Marion in Ardmore, PA, is. right in your backyard. Fill in. I, w- uh, I wish it was in my backyard, but that's another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But uh, just a great historic track that has uh, what hosted the Open four times. This will be the fifth time, and it's the nineteenth. I want to say I, they, they don't. 
they, they had the 1960 team amateur, world team amateur that sometimes gets counted, sometimes don't, but it's more USGA events than any club has hosted. Um, I think there's six amateurs in there, and but it, it's also, you know, Bobby Jones completed the Grand Slam there in 1930. Ben Hogan won in 50, coming back from the auto accident with the picture. You got Trevino beating Nicholas in the playoff in 71. So a lot of things have happened there, and now you have – uh, Tiger Woods, who hasn't won a major in five years, coming in as the overwhelming favorite. Um, I'm sure he will, regardless of what happens at the Memorial, um, at a place where you know he probably doesn't have to use his driver, which you would think would would kind of play into Tiger's hands a little bit. And it's it's going to be interesting because it's it's going to be a different open than I think we've seen in a long time. I don't think even Parr is going to win this thing, but I don't necessarily think they're going to trample it. I think Nicholas had the best quote about it when they asked him at the Masters and they said, he said, look, it's got six or seven holes that you can abuse and it's got six or seven holes that will abuse you. And I think that's pretty much, you know, sums up Marion. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be a you know penal colony every year. And, and I think a lot will depend on the weather. You know, if, if we get wet up here, um, they can shoot pretty good scores on this place. If it's, if it's fast and firm, I think Marion will do just fine. But, if you're looking for a winning score of, you know, like we've seen a lot, you know, usually they say take even par and take your chances. Even par will not, I don't think, win this golf tournament. But I don't necessarily think 15 or 16 under will either. I think it'll be somewhere in between. You know, it's been kind of fun. Uh, uh, I've got this certain uh, uh, television uh, that I watch, and it's uh, I've got free golf channel for a week or whatever. And I've been watching, uh, they've been showing the uh, – the 1971 U.S. Open where uh, Lee Trevino. I liked that last night. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Lee Trevino pulled the snake out of his bag, you know, famously on the first tee of the playoff, 18-hole playoff. Yeah, Rich finally got rid of his rabbit ears um, on yeah, his TV and, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> is, is stepping into the 21st century here getting getting cable. Mike, but uh, you do live in Orlando. The golf channel is right, like you know, next door, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. I can see them from my house. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> uh, Marion will be one of the shortest courses since Southern Hills uh, in 2001. And mm-hmm. um, executive, USGA executive director Mike Davis said, "This is there's going to be more birdies made at this U.S. Open than any we've seen in recent history." So you know, I think I think people like to watch that on TV, don't you? Well, I mean, what's the thing that here's here's my point. You know, here this whole year, I'm going to probably write something about this, but they go to St. Andrews. I've seen John Daly win at St. Andrews. I think he shot six under. I've seen Tiger and Wisteisen win there shooting 17 under. Nobody wakes up the next day and says, boy, St. Andrews stinks. We shouldn't go there. Um, Marion's a six-ranked course in America. Um, it has its place. Is it, is it uh, Oakmont? No, it's not Oakmont. It's a different course. But what's the big deal if, let's say, the winner shoots 10 or 12 under par? It's a great golf course. The thing that makes Augusta National so much fun on Sunday, to me, is that a guy can make a three on 15 or he can make a seven. And they you, see, you usually see both. Um, what's wrong with that? The closing stretch at Marion, I mean, there's a lot of birdie holes, potential birdie holes, if you play them correctly. But the closing stretch of five holes is probably as good you know, as you're going to get in golf. And what they've had to do is what they've lengthened is actually lengthen the long holes because they can't do much with the short holes. Um, and the, the closing hole, the Hogan hole, is like the third longest hole in U.S. Open history now. It's like 520-some yards or whatever it is. So, you know, I, I think there will be some horror stories too. I think you'll have those mixed in, just probably not as many of them 
as you have at the, um, you know, Wingfoot, let's say, where, you know, nobody, everybody just wants to hope they don't kill themselves by the time it's all over. Um, I think it'll be more of a fun open if you can associate fun with an open. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's not like it's going to be here every year. And, and you know, it hasn't been here for 32. And, you know, maybe it might not come back for a while. Maybe it might not come back at all. We don't know. But I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, it's it's so it's short. Who cares? Well, and <laughs> What's wrong it, with that? And it has the famed wicker basket flag sticks, which yes, it, you'll yes, find nowhere else. So that sets it apart. Webb Simpson, who will be, you know, defending U.S. Mm-hmm. Open champ, actually played the 2005 U.S. Amateur at Marion. Yes, he so did. he's one of the few active PGA Tour members that's already had a peak and knows how it plays. Well, Ricky Fowler played in the in the 09 Walker Cup there. Um, and I don't know how many of, um, I'd have to go through the list and see how many others. There's other guys from the 05 amateur, I want to say, that probably are in the field. But yeah, I mean, there's certain guys who've seen it, but I mean, um, I don't buy into that. You know, if you haven't seen a golf course, I mean, the neat thing to me about Marion is that a whole generation of people, fans and players, have never seen this place, never experienced it, and yet it's the number six golf course in the country. Um, I think that's kind of interesting and neat that they're going to get, go to a place that they've never seen, where Hogan's won, where where Jones won, where there's plaques all over the place, uh, you know, commemorating these great feats in golf history. Um, it's going to be different. You know, it's only 120 acres. It's going to be, it's real small. It's going to be tough getting around. It's not always going to be, you know, all the infrastructure is not going to be great. But I think as a course itself, I think the players are really going to like it because, it probably isn't going to break your back like a wing foot or an Oakmont does. But like I said, you know, it, it's still a U.S. Open. The, the, the rough will be high. The fairways will be narrow and the greens will be fast. What else do you really need to know? Great, great, great insights, Mike. And uh, how long have you been writing for the Inquirer? Too long. 30-some years. Yeah, I mean, a dying breed. Newspaper journalist, one of the best in our business. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. And if, uh, hey, if, if you're out there and you want to read the best coverage leading up to the U.S. Open, check out Mike Kern. Is it philly.com? Mike, what's the? Yeah, that'll get you. Yeah, that'll get you through. All right, philly.com. And who, who outside of Tiger, who's, who are you leaning towards to host that trophy? Boy, you know, I kind of like Jim Furyk a little bit. Although, you know, after he came close last year, you you think, well, you know, that was last year. But he's a pen, you know, you don't have to hit driver here. And I think it'll it'll tend to favor guys like like I want like like a Bubba Watson type guy, you know, or somebody like that. I think it's going to be um, somebody who can think their way around the golf course. You don't need length here, only in certain places. Um, and you know, it's it's like anything else. Who who's who's going to make the most putts? Who's going to hit the most greens in regulation? Um, who's going to be in the rough the the least? Because you don't want to be playing out of rough because it'll be as tall as me. Um, and if you can do that, hey, you know, you can probably shoot a decent score. Awesome. Well, it's going to be a be a great tournament, a great venue, and uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Mike Kern from the Philadelphia okay, Inquirer. Thanks so Thank much. You. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. Stay with us. Todd Lewis coming from Memorial Live in just a minute. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, Holly G and Rich B. We are going to a guy now who definitely knows how to sing. 
and he has a pretty mean golf game, too. He was at the ING conference last week as well at the Reunion Resort. Our very own Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, live from Memorial. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. How's everything up at Jack's Place? How's the weather, and how is Muirfield Village looking? Uh, well, Muirfield Village looks great. I mean, the golf course is fantastic as it is year in and year out. Um, you'll notice during the live coverage for getting on Golf Channel tomorrow um, that there's a, a renovated and uh, a beautiful clubhouse now that Jack and Barbara have put together. Um, actually, Barbara picked out the paint, the carpet, the, the granite, the, the flooring. I mean, she was heavily involved in this. Uh, but it's great. It's beautiful. It's got new sky suites. It's got better viewing. It just looks really cool. Um, big, I mean, it's a big year from Muirfield Village, not only the Memorial, which is a, a gem on the PGA Tour schedule, but also the President's Cup the first week of October is going to be held at Muirfield Village as well. But the golf course is fantastic. It's demanding. It's tough. The uh, Tiger said today that he expects the, the greens to be rolling 14 on the stem this weekend if they don't get any rain. Uh, Whoa. So, uh, it'll be fun to watch. I think I think I'd want a long putter on on, on fourteen stimp. Woo, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty tough. Uh, of course, last year the famous shot on sixteen when Tiger chipped in. You know, Todd, just uh, one of those moments in in Tiger's reel to reel resume. Uh, what do you think about this year? How you know is he going to defend? Who who do you think's going to? It's not the best shot if if he doesn't win. Well, I mean, first off. Uh, the guy has won this event five times. He's won four times already this year. He's number one in the world. So, he, he's, so don't he's, bet against him. He's clear, clearly the favorite uh, heading into this event. So he said today that he, for whatever reason, from his junior days, from his amateur days in college, from uh, to his professional days now, that he likes Jack Nicklaus golf courses. Um, they give you large areas to. To, to miss the ball off the tee, which, of course, is his Achilles heel at times. Uh, but, but he feels good on these Jack Nicklaus golf courses, and obviously this one as well. So, um, I, I mean, how can you bet against him? But, I mean, it's a pretty formidable field he's going against. I mean, this is not a given that he's going to win this event, and I hope people don't think that. Um, because he's got some great, great players that could easily, easily run away with this event they're playing so well if they get hot enough. So, it, this is this is a really good test. The last, I believe, major test for those who are contenders heading to the U.S. Open before they arrive uh, at Marion. Who, I mean, uh, who are you keeping your eyes on? Do you see, you know, it seemed like maybe, you know, Kuchar, um, he's certainly been hot, but hasn't seemed to close the door the, you know, uh, last nine in the last couple of events. Um, of course, Adam Scott uh, coming off the Masters. You've got just, you know, a boatload, like you said, Keegan Bradley, Rory. Um, who, who do you have your eye on? Well, I, um, first off, this is a demanding golf course in the, in the fact that you have to I, – I feel like you've got to have great tee to green um, ball striking. And just, I mean, that's, this, is, this is where you've got to have it. You can't miss it. The rough is, is really dense. Uh, it's really difficult. You mentioned Keegan Bradley. I, I watched it today on the, on the driving range and, or the practice facility, I should say. Um, and he, I mean, I mean, his ball flight is unbelievable. I mean, he hits it so far and so high. Um, and granted, that's on the range; it's not on the course playing competitively. Um, but he played, you know, played pretty well at the Byron Nelson. He didn't, you know, get the victory on Sunday, 
Um, but he did shoot 60 on Thursday. So, I mean, I think his game is pretty well. I'd look for Keegan Bradley here. I think he's itching to get a victory. He's a little fired up. He's one of those that doesn't go in, into a valley when he doesn't finish the job like he should have done, many people say, uh, in Dallas or Irving, Texas, at Byron Nelson. It fires him up. It gets him motivated. It makes him angry. Uh, so I, I'm looking for Keegan Bradley to have a pretty good week. I think that's a great pick. Uh, I know there were probably some questions to Tiger about uh, Sergio's comments over, um, you know, in Europe. I know it was Steve Sands who was emceeing that event. Can you kind of fill us in anything more on what went down there? Well, I mean, it's been pretty much documented what went down there. Um, I mean, it was unfortunate. That's the word that I would describe what happened in, in regards to Sergio. Um think he was trying to be funny, uh, and it just, you know, kind of crossed the line. But I don't think uh, – I mean, to be honest, I, I, the people who I know that are European, they don't quite – they're not as educated uh, in, in regards to how this is offensive racially and socioeconomically as much as it is here in the United States. Um, and that, you know, not saying that that's an excuse, but it's just, you know, they just, they just aren't aware. Um, as much as they should be, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, does Sergio regret it? Of course he does. And, and Tiger today, of course, has asked in his press conference uh, about the situation, and he said that Sergio has not apologized, and he wants to move on. Um, and then he, there was a follow-up question in regards to how much, you know, how much do you receive, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, the question is, how much is, is this still around? Are you surprised that this, these type of comments are still bouncing around. He said that I, I've been living it my entire life, that, you know, it's still out there. So, And Tiger wants I, to focus so I, on golf, and I, and I think he brought it, you know, he, he brought it around to, to the, you know, to let's, let's just move on, move on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Sergio, I, I think Sergio, I think this might hurt Sergio a little bit, um, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's going to be poorly received for a little while here in the United States. I don't think he's going to be – I could be wrong, and I hope I am, to be honest, but I, I don't think he's going to be well embraced in Philadelphia because those sports fans there – I mean, They, they are tough. Yeah, they are tough. And you know what? And, and you know, that's when he arrives there, he's already kind of, you know, seen, you know, not some, by some fans and not in a positive light. Um, and I think they're kind of misunderstood, but – um, I think they're going to be tough on him, and I think this is this is going to affect. I could be wrong, but I think this is going to affect Sergio, unless he goes up to Tiger, has a moment. If he is going to be at the U.S. Open, goes up to Tiger at the driving range, and says, "I am really sorry, person to person. I'm sorry for what I said." And you know, Tiger doesn't have to accept it if he doesn't want to, but he can at least be a man and go up and say, "I'm really sorry." It sounds like he wants to do that too. So we'll see what happens. Well, you know, we, we love Sergio uh, because he's honest and he wears his emotions on his sleeve and sometimes he sticks his foot in his mouth. But um, I, I hope for him that uh, he comes out for the better of it. Well, I hope for all of us he does. Absolutely. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, thank you so much. And uh, your coverage uh, will be all weekend long. As always, the Golf Channel bringing us uh, the best insights and uh, just extended coverage on this Memorial Tournament. We appreciate you spending some time with us. My pleasure. All right. Hey, we've got uh, two tickets to give away to Hunter's Creek. Call now. 407-916-8255. Two rounds of golf. Third caller, call now. Golf Insiders will be back next week.